Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Exodus continues. Ladies and gentlemen, I was up in the Bronx in Throg's Neck. A lot of single, two-family, private residences where they're trying to put up zoning in that area. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Drive the remaining homeowners out, whether they're Italian, Irish, Jews, Asians, Puerto Ricans. And a new number of Albanians and Dominicans moving into the area. They just want to drive them all out. And yesterday, let me tell you something. Governor DeSantis was on the strip in Las Vegas. And he was talking about the flight that continues to Florida. And I must tell you, if the the mortgage rates hadn't gone up to about 7.5%, in some instances 8% from 4%, there'd be a lot more... New Yorkers selling their homes, vacating uh, the Empire State, which has rusted up, and New York City, and heading not just to Florida, but Texas, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, and Georgia, and parts unknown. Well, anyway, uh, here was DeSantis talking about Kathy, crime wave, Holcomb, comparing New York to Florida in Vegas yesterday. What is New York doing by taxing people? What are they doing spending all this money on? It's not improving the quality of life, I can tell you that. And the state of Florida, I'm I'm proud to say, not only don't have no income tax, we have the second lowest per capita tax burden in America at the state level, and we have the second lowest per capita debt level at the state level of anybody in the country. Oh, man. He was slamming New York and Las Vegas, and there was nobody disagreeing. In fact, you had a lot of expats in Las Vegas who originally uh, lived in New York State, in New York City, and they weren't just going there for gambling. They've gone there to live. It's more affordable, the jobs, the quality of life. They just like the dry air of Las Vegas in the desert as opposed to the humidity of Florida. That may have been the differential in terms of why they went to Las Vegas. But we have only ourselves to blame because... Remember, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, who barely got uh, elected into office against Congressman Zeldin, who was closing the gap on the crime issue. 
Remember how she's always told everybody at the start of her campaign, you know, why don't you get out of here? You support Trump. You support Zeldin. You support Molinaro. Why don't you get the hell out of here? The fate of democracy in this country. That's what we're fighting for, my friends. We are fighting for democracy. We're fighting to bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Because you, re- you don't represent our values. Yeah, and don't worry about it. You'll be replaced uh, by Catholic charities paying for illegal aliens to pound the hound at the border with El Paso, right? El Paso and Juarez, Texas and Mexico. Did you see? Did you see Macedonian Phil? A thousand folks in El Paso. I mean, a thousand folks in Juarez, illegals from Venezuela, bum rushed the border bridge. Try to get into the United States. Why? Because they heard they could get a college education here in New York State. I thought the inn was closed. Remember, it's about a month ago. I guess Sid must have forgot that it was on his show that Eric Adams said, hey, the inn is closed. I don't care if it's the baby Jesus and swaddling cloth in the manger or the carpenter Joseph or the virgin blessed Mother Mary or a.k.a. the lady of Guadalupe. The inn is closed. <laughs> well, guess what? It's not closed if you want a college education at the sucker New York taxpayer's expense. And I would have thought that Sid Rosenberg would have drilled down on that today. I mean, everybody, look at this. Over the weekend, Rick Scott, the U.S. Senator of Florida, was in a Twitter war with Eric Adams. Rick Scott tweeted out, New Yorkers are fleeing due to the high crime, high taxes, and woke leadership. Now New York City mayor wants them to pay for illegal migrants to go to school. Mayor Adams' leadership is an embarrassment, and it is. And so what did uh, Mayor Eric Adams fire back on Twitter? Blanks. It basically says, look, this isn't true, and you know it, Rick Scott. These aren't illegal migrants. They are asylum seekers here legally. This is part of the workforce training and relocation program that will actually save taxpayers money. You know, there used to be Job Corps. Still is a form of Job Corps. Many people in the inner city call it Job Jail. But is this a new form of Job Corps where we're going to put illegal aliens on the bus up to Route 17, right? The old short-line bus that used to take it to the Irish Alps, the Jewish Himalayas, the Catskills, Monticello, Sullivan County, right near Naomi, right? The beloved mother. In fact, the person that everybody wants to hear on the Sid Rosenberg show in the morning, they want to hear his mother name only because, man, she, you talk about ripping into elected officials. What do you think she would say about these illegal aliens being able to get a college education at a SUNY junior college at sucker taxpayers' expense? Well, anyway, I thought for sure this morning, with Eric Adams on, with Sid Rosenberg, that Sid would have drilled down on him. Here's Eric Adams trying to explain the uh, unexplainable. I'm not paying for someone to get a four-year degree. No, we're doing an experiment with 100 asylum seekers to teach them skills so they won't be dependent on our city, to teach them English, to teach them some type of trade. They would be self-sufficient, which they want. What is that? Maybe we, uh, maybe we could get them a Pell Grant, right? 
and have them go to Apex Technical School. You know where you hear you learn about heating, installation, and air conditioning maintenance. Remember that guy always on TV, <laughs> Apex, and now you get a Pell Grant too, right? I would have thought Sid would have been all over him. But listen to how Sid Rosenberg just kissed his tuckus. What a difference in the way you just explained it and the way people like Rick Scott and the media have presented this. I mean, the way you explained it made a whole bunch of sense. Uh, the way they're talking about it, of course, doesn't, but that's the beauty, Mr. Mayor, of getting you on, because the way you just explained it, it does make a, a ton of sense. Now, now, Macedonian Phil, can you make sure that when Sid has his beloved mother on, Naomi, that he asks her, how do you like the fact that illegal aliens are going to be going to the SUNY College in Sullivan uh, right next to your house, right? You know damn well she ain't going to be saying what her, her beloved Sydney just said. That's for sure. But Sid also didn't ask questions. I mean, there were a whole many questions to ask. But, look, the big story over the weekend, the New York Post front page, NYPD cops are resigning at a record rate, 117% jump in the numbers from last year to this year. Now, remember, this is not on Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope's watch. No, this is Eric Adams' second year. And the increase of comps taking early retirement, regular retirement, and just opting out for a different job in law enforcement somewhere else in the country is escalating el rapido. And Eric Adams is not doing anything to stem the flow. Now, right now, he's paying triple overtime. It's from a fund that Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb put together right before she beat back the Congressman Zeldin attack on the crime issue, which was his path to victory. What they did was they put cops on triple overtime so that they could flood the subways. But eventually, at the end of uh, April, that should run out. And now you're only going to have 32,500 NYPD cops Man, that that's going back to the days. Even David Dinkins had more than that during the crack cocaine days. 32,500, extraordinarily dangerous. Rudy Giuliani had 40,000 cops when he was sworn in in 1993, and he said because of Safe City, Safe Streets, which was negotiated by Peter Valone Sr., the moderate Democrat Speaker of the Council with David Dinkins' a special tax, they were able to hire 4,000, make that 6,000 additional cops from the 34,000 they had. And Rudy is the first to say, without those 40,000 cops, he could not uh, have battled back against the overwhelming violent crime that had made the city the murder capital of America. But then then there, there's the other story that was so obvious. It's such a detriment to police. I was talking with cops up there on East Tremont uh, Avenue yesterday, right before the start of the St. Patrick's Day Parade. By the way, Eric Adams, second year in a row, he decided not to go because he knew he was going to be a canyon of booze. He knew there were a lot of civil servants living up there. They're firefighters. They're members of the EMP. They're cops, many of them Irish, many of them who have moved away, but they come back to the old neighborhood in the Neck or Morris Park or that particular area to see what was a great parade once again. But Eric Adams won't go there. And it would have been interesting because you know what the cops were talking about? They said, Curtis, did you see what happened Sunday morning? I said, no, I was on the air. I was pouring cats and dogs. Can I say cats and dogs out there or will I offend my wife? Anyway, 
It was pouring rain at 2 a.m. in the morning on Sunday, and down in the Lower East Side, right near Rivington Street, uh, off of uh, off of uh, Delancey Street, this guy from Hamden, Connecticut, light-skinned African-American, comes up to a police cruiser, Mark Cruz, NYPD, busts the window open. The two cops get out. They struggle with him. Naturally, they took their nightsticks away. They don't have batons. They don't have anything to restrain this guy. He fights them off. He knocks them both down. They hit their heads in the rain. The crowd is cheering and laughing and screaming like jackals. Oh, my God. And they're urging him, run, run, run. And he's running down the street. He's holding up his pants because it's below his ass, you know, in typical hoodlum fashion. And so now he goes back to Hamden, Connecticut. He's a lacrosse player. We're not talking a hero in the hood here, defiantly laughing at the cops who are impotent because we won't let the cops be cops. And, you know, I notice... uh Am I right, Lou uh, and Macedonian Phil? I heard that guy, Mike Slater, sort of slip us a Mickey. I think uh, Bill O'Reilly has become part of this cabal here at WABC, which involves Frank Morano, the Mama Luke, the other side of midnight, Sid Rosenberg and all of his friends, and now Bill O'Reilly. This is the battle cry that was ushered by Anthony Weiner to me on Left versus Right. We co-host it together on Saturdays at 3. Anybody but Curtis. 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 Ah. You see, it used to be WABC stood for always broadcasting Curtis. But now, now I see by slipping Mike Slater in. I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, that won't happen again. Bill O'Reilly, shame on you. Shame on you, Bill O'Reilly. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Sliwa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Get fooled again. Classic Who, 2008, the Lehman Brothers collapse, subprime mortgages. We were told for years, don't worry, subprime mortgages, subprime mortgages. It gives those folks on limited income an opportunity to live the American dream. Four years in uh, mortgage rate they could pay, and then on the fifth year, dropped a bomb on them, and then the implosion. And then you remember what happened, right? You remember what happened. The Treasury Secretary 
graduate of gold mine sacks like them all, right? They sell you stock and then they, they short you. They get you both ways. Came out with three pages in his hands while Bush 43 was hiding, hiding, and nowhere to be seen. And said, if we don't give money to all these crooked Fortune 500 companies and these banks and these hedge fund monsters, we will implode and we will become a third world nation. Can we see what's in the three pages, uh, Paulson? No. No, you got to trust us. We don't trust any of you because you got free money. They they use this phony term. Oh, they survive quantitative easing. What the hell is that, quantitative easing? And then what a mainstream get? They got Ugats. They got Bubkis. They had to pay the VIG in order to get their loans to stay afloat. And the rich and the wealthy on Wall Street, none of them went to jail. And they got free money and no interest. And so now we're on the cusp of this happening again. So we have all the assurances of the so-called people who know, just like in 2008, and you can't really trust any of them. You can't trust any of them because what they're not telling you is that actually this was preceded by the Silvergate Bank going belly up 10 days ago. Silvergate. What was Silvergate? Well, not Silver Cup Bread. It was the bank that the cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers went to, the Bitcoin bandits and the blockchain criminals, and it went insolvent. And we were told by Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, graduate of Fort Hamilton High School in Bay Ridge, not to worry about it. It's only people in crypto and Bitcoin and blockchain, a very small percentage of the investors. This will not reverberate through the banking industry, right? And everybody said, well, yeah, yeah I guess so. They, they know what they're doing. And then all of a sudden, back to back, belly to belly, the Silicon Valley Bank went insolvent on Friday, and yep, it's crypto-friendly out there in Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. oh, that's right, that's where Sam Bankman freed. Got ripped off $38 billion with FTX, is under house arrest, with his parents who happen to be uh, lawyers at Stanford University who teach ethics. I guess they taught their son a good job, but anyway, I hope uh, I didn't digress too far from that. And then just yesterday, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb Drop the hammer on Signature Bank, which is the bank in uh, New York State. Guess what? Crypto-friendly. So, Silvergate, Silicon Valley Bank, crypto-friendly Signature Bank. What do they have in common? They all start with the letter S, and it's not for being Superman. It's they've been exposed to the kryptonite financially of being a crypto-friendly bank, and they have imploded. Well, the president of the United States woke up this morning and he decided to assure us that everything is cool, calm and collected. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe. Let me also assure you, we will not stop at this. We'll do whatever is needed. Don't worry. Be happy. Oh, man. And that, 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 that song is like reverberating in my head. Don't worry. Be happy. Yeah, ah, it's just crypto. Don't worry about it. You know, don't worry. Be happy. It's not going to affect average everyday investors. It's not going to affect uh, blue collar working class men and women. It's not going to affect Main Street. In fact, it doesn't even affect Wall Street. 
It affects the cryptocurrency, scam masters, blockchain criminals, and Bitcoin bandits who now have a sanctuary in Puerto Rico where they don't pay any taxes and they continue to steal, steal, and steal. But then, of course, the reassuring voice, not of Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, uh, weighed in on this, the closing of the New York State Signature Bank, which was crypto-friendly. This all is in the aftermath of what happened, we saw on Friday, unfolding with Silicon Valley Bank out in California. And this had an effect uh, on a bank here in particular, Signature Bank, and the superintendent will explain what happened here. But our view was to make sure that the entire banking community here in New York was stable, that we can project calm, that this is a time when we could manage a certain narrow situation and to make sure that that did not get any worse. A narrow situation. Like, I'm going to believe Biden. I'm going to believe uh, Kathy Crimewave Holcomb. I didn't believe the Treasury Secretary years ago in 2008 when Bush 43 was hiding because our financial system was imploding with the insolvency of Lehman Bank. So well, now what? Now what? Okay. So Ron and Santa was woke up this morning by Sid Rosenberg. And once again, of course, he said, don't worry, be happy. You got nothing to worry about. So if you have more than $250,000 in the bank, you'll be able to get it. Mm-hmm. And they've basically lifted, lifted the cap on deposit insurance so that their people will be calm. People will be calm, right? Hey, isn't that a, can I hear that again? Isn't that such a reassuring voice, Ron and Santa, right? So if you have more than $250,000 in the bank, you'll be able to get it. They've basically lifted, lifted the cap on deposit insurance so that their people will be calm. That's like the Three Stooges. We had Biden, the president, tell us, remain calm. Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, remain calm. And Ron and Santa, remain calm. Well, <laughs> how come Sid didn't ask uh, Eric Adams, Mr. Bitcoin promoter, uh, about how, how how's his uh, Bitcoin investments going lately? Remember when he had just got sworn into office, he said he wanted to get paid in Bitcoin, that Bitcoin was the future? The purpose of the Bitcoin is to send a message that New York City is open to technology. You're going to see a large amount of new technology in the city of New York and encourage our young people to be engaged in these new emerging markets. And I'm excited about the future of this city, and I'm excited about bringing my young people who have been historically denied access to new technology. Isn't that great? Now they get to be white-collar criminals. You know, uh, Jay-Z actually has set up a training camp in the Marcy Avenue projects where he grew up teaching the youngsters there about cryptocurrency. But I bet she's not framing it as a Ponzi scheme, Bitcoins. He's not saying that's being a white-collar bandit or blockchain. Anyway, remember Eric Adams stood before the microphones at Phalanx of Microphones and reassured us that he believes in Bitcoin because he was getting paid in Bitcoin. I am the first mayor to receive my first three paychecks in crypto. I believe that New York City can be the global hub for cryptocurrency. We cannot let this opportunity pass us by. Crypto is here to stay and New York City is ready for it. Then he said, I got paid. I got paid in crypto. His first three paychecks every two weeks. How did that work out? How come he hasn't mentioned cryptocurrency, bitcoins, blockchain since? Because it's a scam. 
and he got wine-dined and pocket-lined by all the Bitcoin bandits, blockchain criminals, and cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers when he was running for mayor. They're all out in Puerto Rico there in their sanctuary. And remember how MSNBC was getting all fatuts about a guy who looked like he fell out of his bunk bed in summer camp upstate New York near the Finger Lakes, all disheveled, looking like he was coming off of a drug-induced psychosis. Sam Bankman-Fried, remember how he was the, the new golden calf on Wall Street. How did you do this so quickly? I mean, your company is two years old, and you're doing something like $400 billion worth of volume per month which is 25 times what you did a year ago. How did you get the uptake uh, at scale so fast? You know, it, it was really just a lot of small things put together, a lot of decisions that we've made around how to build the product, trying to be as responsive as we can to customers, to regulators, to counterparties. And, you know, uh, you know honestly, from our perspective, it's, it sometimes feels like the world is just going sort of in slow motion around us and that we're going at, you know, about an average speed by our standards. He mentioned speed. They were on Adderall, legal speed, popping Adderall all day and being polyamorous at night. His, his fellow graduates, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, 10 of them, they had a little bit of a frat sorority house in the Bahamas protected by the crooked elected officials there. Uh, and it's amazing how they were able to steal $38 billion. And then all of a sudden, somebody woke up one day and they said, oh, my God, this boy genius just ripped us off. How could they do that? They're graduates of MIT. They're the brightest. They're the best. And then all of a sudden, a reporter asked Zhang Pen Zhao, the evil seed of Emperor Xi in Red China, Wait a second, you're the one who put this guy, Sam Bankman Freed, in business with Sam Coin, which has now been uh, termed Scam Coin. On a very personal basis, how, how you think about Sam, and, and the reason I ask is I think at some point, obviously, you were friends, you were his original investor in all of this. Can you fathom that yeah. he lied to you like this, if that's the case? Yeah, so I'm very shocked that I, I obviously did not know him until about a week or so ago. Um, so I'm, I'm just shocked. Um, I'm, I'm shocked that, you know, he lied to everybody. You didn't uh, know him till a week ago? I didn't know what kind of person. I didn't know that he lied to everybody until a week, a week ago. Oh, God. And remember, he's uh, operating offshore. He won't even come into the United States. This guy, the evil seed of Emperor Xi in Red China. And then I want you to hear the brilliance of uh, Justin. Justin, who is the producer of Sid and Friends. And remember, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 7.05, he has The Fiend and the Foe on. That's me. Justin Ellick conflated two of the voices uh, of two of the biggest ripoff artists of late. One is a mini-me, and then obviously one is Sam Bankman-Fried who has stolen $38 billion for FTX. Um, it has, uh, you know, substantially fewer products. That is the money of that I've paid myself through my company, the Volder Organization. It wasn't about tricking the people. This was about getting accepted by the party here local. Then FTX.com has. It doesn't have any derivatives on it, for instance. Uh, but you can still trade crypto on it. You can still get yield on it. Notice. The two voices of the banditos 
of this new generation, what are they, Generation X, Y, Z, the lost generation? That were the voices of Sam Bankman-Fried and George Santos. Notice how similar they sound. Excellent work, Justin. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Spectacular! Now, here's the Sid Wrap-Up. Oi! Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Eric Adams, Swagger Man with No Plan, comes on about once a month with Sid Rosenberg in the morning, and generally it's a love fest, they swap spit. Uh, I just told uh, Sid Rosenberg, don't jump into a hot tub with Eric Adams, because the love you have for one another is so obvious. Poor Danielle, he may have to end up leaving Danielle. I mean, this morning was intolerable. I mean, he's just kissing Tukas right on up to the very end. So he basically tossed him beach balls, never mind 13-inch clincher softballs, that Eric Adams was um, just hitting out of the park. And then finally, towards the very end of the interview, he decided to ask Eric Adams what everybody has asked him, even his fondest supporters, like, how the hell after you said on the Sid Rosenberg show a month ago that the inn is closed, even to the baby Jesus and swaddling cloth in the manger and the lady of Guadalupe, a.k.a. the Blessed Virgin Mother Mary and Carpenter Joseph, that even they, they can't get into the inn, that it's closed. But you're now going to end up taking these illegal aliens, sending them up to Sullivan County, whether to the Irish Alps or the Jewish Himalayas, right there in uh, <laughs> the Catskills, and give them a college education at the New York City taxpayers' expense, $1.2 million. I would have thought, since DeSantis was all over Eric Adams this weekend, talking uh, to him from Las Vegas, along with Senator Rick Scott in Florida, saying that was who disgraciata Shanda. The Sid would have at least come back at him, but here was Eric Adams' response to why he did that. I'm not paying for someone to get a four-year degree. No, we're doing an experiment with 100 asylum seekers to teach them skills so they won't be dependent on our city to teach them English, to teach them some type of trade. They would be self-sufficient, which they want. Huh. What a lame answer. I would have thought that Sid would have come back at him with a little bit of chutzpah, hubris. But listen to how Sid Rosenberg folded like a cheap camera. 
what a difference in the way you just explained it and the way people like Rick Scott and the media have represented this. I mean, the way you explained it made a whole bunch of sense. Uh, the way they're talking about it, of course, doesn't, but that's the beauty, Mr. Mayor, of getting you on, because the way you just explained it, it does make a, a ton of sense. God, even Eric Adams supporters can't fathom where all of a sudden he's going to use tax dollars to put illegal aliens through SUNY College up there in Monticello in Sullivan County, whereas average everyday blue-collar working-class folks, they struggle to put their kids through college, even a junior college, right? We're talking about, oh, they're going to learn a trade. Yeah, yeah, we'll send them to Apex uh, Technical School, right? Get them a Pell Grant. This way they'll know how to install and fix heating and air conditioning. What a disgrace. Boy, that, that was so shameful. In fact, I got to tell you, Lou and... Macedonia Phil, when I was listening in the 840 hour, I felt soiled, like I had to go take a hot shower. And then he had on a great PSA, two doctors from New Jersey talking about this is uh, cancer awareness, colon cancer awareness month. You really need to get a colonoscopy. After that uh, softball interview with uh, Eric Adams, I want uh, Sid Rosenberg to get an endoscopy. That means the probe goes to his mouth, his big mouth. And get a colonoscopy simultaneously as the probe goes up as Torcus. That was oh unacceptable. But the doctor came back at Sid and myself because we were extolling Paul Servino being shut out, of being memorialized at the Oscars and all the great folks who have come from Brooklyn. Look at what he had said. Listen, I got to put a plug in for Queens. You and sure. Curtis today were, uh, you know, you know, extolling the, the all the great people that came from Brooklyn. Yeah. So I'm I'm originally from Queens. A lot of great people came from Queens too. So don't forget about Queens. I... And who's in the news today? But Andrew Evilize Cuomo, King Cuomo the second, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo the first. Apparently, Gillibrand, who has been in the witness protection program, has been resurrected. She wants to run for another six-year term over my dead body. And in order to raise money, she's putting out the specter that Andrew Evilize Cuomo will challenge her. Well, well, well. Could this be Michael Corleone, a.k.a. Andrew Cuomo's resurrection out in the compound where he's stirring the marinara sauce and hitting the mattresses with Fredo, Chris Cuomo, and his wartime consigliere, Joe Pococo. To be continued.